Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. You're listening to another episode of the Carveline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the director himself, Mr. Paul... Wait for it, Jameis. We're going to need to have a different intro for that. Well, yeah, so that brings up a very good topic. This is the second to last Carboline Tech Service Podcast ever. 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 But now, don't get nervous. Yeah, don't wreck your car. We're coming back. Bigger, better, and uncut like South Park. <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to have a new name. We're still working on that, but... Paul and I are going to get a much-deserved, at least we think so, Yes, yes. break. We're going to take about two months off after episode 200. So this actually is the very last episode with real content. This is episode 199. Episode 200 is going to be a highlight show. So we have been going yep. through three years, 200 episodes of content to bring you guys some highlights. And we've done a lot of wacky stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in two weeks, tune in to the very last Carboline Tech Service podcast where we will uh, show you some of our shenanigans, some of our good stuff, if yeah. there is any of that. I mean, people think that. I, they keep listening and they keep letting us do it. Yeah. Yeah. And while our next guest, our very last guest, yeah. has uh, never been on the show before, we have talked about her on the show. Yes. Yes, we have. So if you guys remember, I went to the MPI conference, and that's where I met Miss Courtney Shalafu. Hi, Courtney. How's Hi, it going? Hi. How are you guys doing? And there's all kinds of suffixes on the end of her name. She's got a PhD, she's a PCS, and she's a PE, all of those things. But when I met her, she came up to me and she said... I've listened to every episode. I feel like I already know you. <laughs> I'm just a little bit creepy, guys. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to have Courtney on today to continue our series about specifications. And Courtney is the program manager for coding and engineering services at Pond. So, Courtney, why don't we take a little bit of a second, talk about yourself and Pond, what, what it is that Pond specializes in, just in case people aren't familiar. Of course. So, Pond is an architecture, engineering, and consultant consulting firm. We specialize in so many different areas. The area that I'm in is the energy group. So we do anything from fuel tank engineering design or um, pipelines. But my group is the coding engineering group and we uh, specialize in coding inspection. We're a QP5 coding inspection firm and we also do coding conditioning assessments and anything else that involves coding engineering services. And so for the podcast today, we write a lot of specifications. And that's one of the big things that's part of my daily life. So as we talk about these specifications, why don't you tell us a little bit about why do we need a specification from, a, from an engineer's point of view, from a spec writer's point of view? Absolutely. So specifications really help the contractor bid on a project. Your owner is going to come to you and say, hey, we want this made. All right, engineer, build it for us. What is the specification? So the engineer is going to come and say, all right, we're going to build this fuel tank with these materials and this everything. 
But in the coatings industry, the specific specifications that we're looking for are protective coating specifications. So why do we need protective coating specifications as just paint? In reality, (laughs) in reality, your coating, your paint is really a system. It's a system that's there to protect from corrosion. So it absolutely is an engineered piece of equipment that needs to be involved in specification. And it really is amazing. I've been on a couple of projects. I was on one a few years ago and we had one just this morning where they chose to not put the protective coating system in. And two years, five years later, they're looking at their substrate saying, whoa, this corrosion rate is not what we expected. And now they're having to go in and put it in afterwards. And it's a much bigger risk and a much bigger problem for everybody to put it in later when you've got parts of the system working and parts of it have to be shut down and decontamination. So having the proper specification and following it is critical. So yeah, that's a great way to put it. The specification is the design. Correct. That, that's what the owner is paying for. If you don't do that, if you ignore film thicknesses, coating selections, execution, like we talked about with Kevin last week, these are all important factors. So kind of the question we've asked everybody, Courtney, is uh, what's, what's the most important part of the specification to you? And I don't think I have a most important part of the specification. I think the whole thing matters. I think she has a jaded perspective and point of view on this one. Is it like she's an engineer? That writes writes the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so why don't you have, I know Paul and I are joking around, but why don't you have an important part of that specification? (laughs) Well, every single piece of the specification matters. As you guys love to spout in all of your coding requirements. Everything matters. <laughs> Everything matters. See, and I'm not breaking into song this time. <laughs> you don't you don't have a sting in you today? No, no okay. sting today. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're looking at a specific protective coating specification, that's actually part of a much bigger project. You have so many other specifications that this is just a small piece in. So when you go into the actual lining or the coating spec, you're gonna have those three parts that you guys have already talked about. Your general, your product, and your execution. In your general, the most important part there is what standards are you using? Because that's where all the industry best practices are, usually. Mm-hmm. Yep. What contractors are qualified? You need to make sure your contractors that you're specifying are absolutely qualified to do the job that they're doing. It's not just lowest bidder? It's not just lowest oh, bidder. Man. And you know what? You're a good specifications actually gonna help you rid yourself of all the lowest bidders that aren't qualified. Excellent, excellent part to point out. Yes, and we'll get on that soapbox a little bit later. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the product part. How do you pick a product? Well, a lot of times the owners that I'm writing the specification for have a qualified product list. So it makes it a little bit easier for me to write because then I can say, go to this qualified product list, pick this, one of these, and you're good to go. And so the, on those qualified product lists, those are typically products that the owners have already vetted, they have experience with, they understand the limits of those systems. Exactly. And it also makes it easier for the coating manufacturer or the contractor on site because they don't have to go back and do that testing of that product either before or after or during the project. It's already been tested. It's already been vetted. And you know what kind of performance you're going to get out of that product. Yeah. It's always tough when they, in the middle of the project, go, I need these performance tests. And it's something that's already probably been done. The products have already been vetted. The selections have already been made. But because it wasn't clear, now all of a sudden the painter or an inspector who walked in on site 
said, show me that that's the right one. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes it easy to choose coatings, but owners sometimes don't have a QPL or they just say, specifier, you design it, you figure it out. So there's two ways that you can do that is either a performance criteria or a formulation criteria. I want it to be an epoxy or I want it to be a zinc epoxyurethane system that can withstand this much life, expected life expectancy. Sure. And there's even standards around performance as well for that. You know, when we look at a lot of the ISO standards and things like that. Um, so then we get to the execution part. And, you know, this is something that we let Kevin have a little bit of a soapbox on. But it was funny. We were having coffee this morning, Courtney, and you have the same soapbox. So why is it important <laughs> to hire a qualified contractor when you're dealing with a specification that this much effort and time has been put into place? Because your qualified contractor is going to be going through all of these audits, all of this vetting to make sure that they can apply the system that I'm specifying. But they also have experience with your coding product and they know where they're weak, where they can fail and how to do the application correctly. Because we know that a lot of the times failures occur is because the application was rushed because of scheduling or just not done correctly because they weren't experienced. That was a big point that Kevin made last week. He likes to stay in his lane. They know what they're good at. They've chased that work and they, they can do it time and time again. But with that being said, I think it's time for this week. So Courtney, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being such a great fan and listener. Of course, thank you for putting this on. This is uh, also true. We've said it since the beginning. If you listen and you reach out and you know something, we will have you on the show. That's right. So it, it is definitely happening. So Courtney, maybe Mitch, that's why we don't get many people call why, us up. That's why. That's, <laughs> that's totally why. So anyway, for Paul and Courtney, I'm Jack, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul, and I'm Jack, and we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support.